What's up, Team Female? Uh, Welcome to Female Political Strategy. Female first, female forward, politically non-binary. I'm Ro. And I'm Lilith. And I'm Elle. All right, so today's topic of discussion honestly had me in a tailspin just reading through it yesterday, and the entire fiasco was kicked off with a tweet by Elon Musk. Elon Musk doing the thing that he does. Elon Musking. Musk busking. Where he made a tweet uh, stating, we should be much more worried about population collapse. There's a a lot of uh, factors that are currently going into quote-unquote population collapse. But because it's Elon Musk... Or population decline. (laughs) Population decline, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because it's Elon Musk, all of the tech bros start to chime in with all of their suggestions for quote-unquote fixing population collapse. And the result was a bunch of very, very dehumanizing discussions about women. So... One of the highest uh, quoted and responded to tweets was by the founder of Gumroad, uh, Sahil Lavingia, um, and he says, we should be investing in technology that makes having kids much faster, easier, cheaper, more accessible, synthetic wombs, etc. Uh, okay, that's some Black Mirror shit. <laughs> right. So underneath this tweet, someone else responds, this is an awful idea. Synthetic wombs for what? Why take on the risk? And then... Vitalik Buterin, who is the co-founder of Ethereum, the cryptocurrency, he chimes in and says, disparities in economic success between men and women are far larger once marriage and children enter the picture. Synthetic wombs would remove the high burden of pregnancy, significantly reducing inequality. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. First of all, the thing that causes women to lose money when they have a child is not the fact that they are physically getting pregnant, although that's part of it, but also the child rearing. And so, yeah, synthetic wombs would not solve the problem of men not doing their fair share of domestic yeah. labor. Yeah. So then all the tech bro pick chime in and they start saying, yeah, uh, this will really solve gender equality and, uh, and population collapse. And I literally was on Twitter. I'm, I was, this is me, by the way, on the, on the female dating strategy Twitter account. <laughs> I was having like a full on like back and forth. I saw forth Ro having a meltdown on the FDS uh, <laughs> Twitter account. And I was like, damn, what's going on? <laughs> Honestly, I was super, I was super pissed the more I started reading in on this. Um, but uh, one of the tech bro pick me's at Laura Barron's woo was like artificial wombs equal more gender equality. So I wrote, Explain exactly how artificial wombs will lead to greater gender equality. Crickets from everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But it breathes well. (laughs) Yeah. To add insult to injury, um, there was some of the like woke people underneath all these various tweets saying things like, let me pull this one up because I had to really like hang on to, I had to hang on to my uh, hat on this one. (laughs) Yeah, bro. Let's read off some, read off some of the other bad takes. And let's drag it. I've been saying this for six years. Childbirth by human bodies will be viewed the same as slavery once it's no longer necessary. Plus, it's the cause of all gender-based discrimination throughout the ages, from chastity belts to lower pay to transphobia, all done to secure the womb. Oh, my God. It sounds like AI wrote that. Can we just acknowledge yeah. that? It sounds like some evil, like, pl- plotting AI wrote that, probably programmed by, like, Elon Musk himself. <laughs> Childbirth is slavery and causes transphobia. That was... On, I, m- probably one of the most insane takes I've ever seen. And, and once, do they know what slavery 
is, well, slavery is like unpaid labor, I guess. So one could make the argument that women deserve to be compensated for their reproductive labor. But it's not the- consensual, right? Like usually, I mean, not in 100% of situations, but like pregnancy is something that people want. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's forced, but like... Yeah, so forced pregnancy is 100% slavery, definitely. Um, But women who want to have kids and who want to have a family, them getting pregnant and giving birth, that's not slavery, like, at all. I will say, on its face, I'm actually not completely against the concept of synthetic wombs. Hear me out, hear me out, Rona, don't don't hate me. Um, (laughs) But basically, um, like, for me at least, like, the idea, I, I would like to have a child, like, preferably one that's genetically my child, although I have, have considered like adopting or being a foster parent. Um, but I'm terrified of getting pregnant. Like as long as I can remember, like ever since like puberty, when I learned like in grade five about like sex ed and how pregnancy works, I just remember being terrified of getting pregnant. I literally have this recurring nightmare where I get either like baby trapped by an abusive man. That's an actual literal nightmare that I have all the time. Or, um, you know, those like disaster movies where like aliens come down to earth and like, uh, you know, use humans as like host bodies to grow their eggs and stuff. So I have like basically nightmares of like, yeah, men basically like the concept of pregnancy is so terrifying to me. It's like the the man literally like his sperm like hijacks your whole body and like takes and you know it, it like uh, like f- fetuses for You're example. Painting a very scary picture. Like fetuses for example, they some women lose teeth for example because if um you don't you're not eating enough calcium the fetus will just like steal it from your bones that kind of stuff like your whole body gets hijacked to create this man's child and yes it's your child too um but just the concept of pregnancy terrifies me i really don't ever want to get pregnant i wish there was a way of having a child that's genetically mine that um in a way where i wouldn't have to get pregnant so yeah like the concept of artificial wombs don't totally hate it however i am concerned about what are the sociological implications for women if synthetic wombs became widespread so you're you're in line with what Grimes chimed in on. Grimes is uh, Elon Musk's current or ex girlfriend. I don't know if they're still together or not, but his his baby mama, um, <laughs> his like third baby mama, fourth baby mama. Um, so she says uh, she's obviously famous for being a singer. I don't know if she's as famous for being a singer as she is for being Elon Musk. I didn't even know what she was. Elon Musk's girlfriend who named their kid a series of symbols. <laughs> I knew about Grimes before. Yeah, I knew about Grimes before she started dating Elon Musk. Okay, thank Musk, you, okay. hipster Lilith. <laughs> so, but yeah, she's but she is pretty famous for being the baby mom of, of the billionaire. So yeah, she, she she writes, having had a child, I can assure you the value proposition of artificial wombs is perhaps one of the most profound I can imagine for our species. We've mostly eliminated active warfare from men's lives. The violence of childbirth for women should not be in, should be an option, not a necessity. I mean, I don't hate it. Like here's my problem. So there's two, there's basically two arguments that are going on here. Okay. If you have artificial wombs, like the original intent for the creation of artificial wombs was to help along preemie babies. So babies that had done the vast majority of their gestation in the womb, but were done premature. some time in the womb. They done some time. They did their they did their rounds. They did their their time in the womb, <laughs> and then were born prematurely to help them to survive. Right to have these artificial wombs that would recreate the environment of a womb, of a womb, so that the babies wouldn't be um, sick or, or die. So um, 
what they're talking about is completely, and what you guys are talking about is completely removing the act of childbirth from the female person herself. Here's the problem with that and any type of technology that tries to recreate any type of human reproductive capabilities, it, it is generally not even close to as effective or um, best for the child or even the mother as the actual physical act itself. For example, when they were really pushing the formula feed, mm. which they found out actually starved, made millions of babies sick, and is in no way, way shape, or form uh, as sufficient of a replacement for breast milk because there's things like antibodies in breast milk. Like it's a very complex bio. It's it's a sufficient substitute sometimes, but it's it's just not anywhere near what you're, you can biologically uh, create. And the thing with uh, wombs and gestating children in the first place is they, they don't completely know how it works. So even if they create a, ba- a quote unquote baby in the bag, we don't know if there's something like, okay, well, not having the child actually be gestated in the mother could be like, you're not, yeah, you're not getting access to the same antibodies, um, allergies, like any type of environmental factors that might have, that might be coming from the woman that might, um, or genetic things that come from women that affect the fetus that we just don't even come close to understanding, right? There's a reason why human cloning is considered unethical. And it's mm-hmm. because, yeah, you could create, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm concerned that if they use artificial wombs, that they're going to create these little, like, Franken babies that grow up and suffer yeah. horribly because they didn't get the, you know, correct, um, they didn't get the developmental things that they needed that they would have gotten if they were gestated by a human woman. Yes. And then also there's the implications of um, what technology like that might mean for the female population as a whole, because as we know, capitalist excess tends to create horror shows for working class women. Right. So my thought was like, so we complete, so the, so the argument that they're trying to make about how like eliminating women's physical reproductive capability or eliminating um, women from having to uh, physically carry their babies. Again, this kind of technology would be massively expensive. It would be cost prohibitive to the vast majority of the working class. And I think it would increase class inequality because if it's something that only wealthy people can afford and Mm -hmm. because, you know, for, you know, women who are at the top of the capitalist hierarchy, they would no longer have that, uh, you know, barrier, I guess, of, you know, childbirth and so on. Um, If artificial wounds became widely accessible, then rich people would be using that and um, they wouldn't be, you know, exploiting poor women from third world countries and you know, doing the rent to womb shit with surrogacy. To me, the whole discussion here is like, first, first of all, the premise is wrong that the population and decline is caused because of the difficulty of childbirth itself. As we've talked about here and on the FDS podcast multiple times, a lot of it has to do with, and like, if not most of it, how difficult it is to raise a child in Western society to women not wanting to be completely and totally economically dependent on men. So they limit the amount of children they have and also the pool of men being shit the actual childbirth process itself is probably the smallest of the piece mm, of the it's negligible because like women have been doing that for millions of years it didn't suddenly become like i'm like well maybe you all but like the vast majority of people aren't like terrified of childbirth to the point where they won't do it yeah most people are not like me where they have sort of psychological issues and anxieties and phobias around pregnancy <laughs> i don't like the concept whatsoever of removing gatekeeping of bringing children in the world from women. Yeah. Because that's actually a really essential component to the balance between 
the sexes and or the overall health of our species. So this is my paranoia. This is my dystopian nightmare that would wake up from (laughs) is that like you start to have uh, children who are almost completely off the grid, right? Like you can just sit a baby in a bag and like, what's to cre- what's to keep anybody from just like creating some pedophile network or like keeping these kids like child slavery network? Like these types of things. I know it sounds like yeah, that's- these are like future crimes, right? Because you can now yeah. have children, and males will use technology to satisfy their sexual. They'll use any technology available to satisfy their sexual fetish. That was the first thing that I thought about when I heard about artificial wombs. Was that pedophiles are going to use that to grow their own sex slaves, like a harem of child sex slaves? Um, I think like and then genetic modification is a thing now with the CRISPR gene. So yeah. Like what, what pedophiles have to do now is they have to find like a single mom or someone that they can prey on. And while that is difficult and men definitely do still get access to children that way, at the very least, the child has a mother that is going to bat for them. Now, not all, some women are, are fucking horrible and will like pimp out their own child for drugs or whatever. Right. Um, but most women are not like that. Most women want to protect their kids. And if, you know, the thought of their, child being molested by a man is like you know they would go crazy on that and and protect their child from that so yeah i'm like i i think that the requirement for two people to come together to have a child is really important for the for like the overall prevention and gatekeeping of the circumstances in which children are brought into the world outside of that just there's so many kids already without homes like just in the u.s that need adopting and i'm I'm sure canada's same problem too but like in the foster system and adoption it's like these people are looking to bring more lives into the world where there's already babies that need this support so you're so rich instead of putting that time and energy into making like bag babies to go like overnight like 90 minute babies like why don't we just create that and like put it towards like take that energy and that you know financial desire and put it towards eliminating unwanted babies in the first place yeah yeah and and i mean this is one of those times where i start to have sympathy for the right to life people because you can kind of see the inevitable abuses of this if you start 100%. treating human life very casually the way that these tech bros want to do and it yeah. actually gets worse because there's actually um so to continue on with this saga and like why I really had a meltdown. Um, it just, it just kind of like, it shook me to my core because it, it sort of was like, this is the beginning of a um, very callous and perhaps catastrophic um, sociopathic. sociopathic part in our history. I'm hoping that the common person will resist a lot of this stuff. So it won't get out of hand, but we'll see. Um, so all the VC tech pick right. They like to be on top of the story. So one of the VC tech, pick me. She's like a partner at this uh, VC firm called Lux Capital. And she hosted a name drop. She hosted a Twitter space. Um, So her name was Dina Shakir, D-E-E-N-A-S-H-A-K-I-R. And she hosted a Twitter space called From Synthetic Wombs to AI, How Can Tech Solve the Future of Family? So in this panel, she included a founder of um, Gumroad, who was the person who made the original offending tweet after Elon Musk, which was like, oh, we should create synthetic wombs. Um, and she hosted a twist, tweet space with him and then a couple of other women who are in either fertility tech or like female CEOs or founders in the VC space. Um, when I tell you it was like 60 minutes of the most callous discussion of human life I've heard in quite some time, like it kind of really um, 
drove home to me the banality of evil. That's the phrase I was looking for earlier, the banality of evil. Mm -hmm. I want to do an episode on the banality of evil. That phrase comes from Hannah Arendt, who's a Jewish uh, philosopher who survived like a Nazi concentration camp. So I want to do it. That's where I know it from. Yep. Yeah, I want to do a whole episode on the banality of evil featuring a certain <laughs> a certain white supremacist who, uh, we, <laughs> who we like to drag. Um, but yeah, so we'll, uh, that's a future, that's future content. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead, bro. Um, so what was disturbing to me about this was, first of all, this is clearly like a, an attention grab, an attention Twitter space, because it's a hot topic. Elon Musk tw- tweets something, so all the people, everybody wants attention you know, if they can draw attention to themselves using Elon as a discussion point. So what was disturbing about this was that, uh, first of all, the entire space was like uh, making the presumption. And she starts off with the presumption that sperm counts have been lowering every year on um, on men. I guess like men today have two thirds of the sperm count of their fathers. Sperm counts might be next to zero um, by 2030. There's, there's, there's like apparently some article or controversial research about the fact that men's sperm counts are dropping so rapidly that it may be close to zero in the near future. And they're not exactly sure what it's caused by, but they think it might be things like microplastics. It could even be like uh, the fact that women take birth control and it's we're peeing hormones into the water supply. I've seen that too. Um, so we're literally, we're conquering the patriarchy by pissing out hormones into the water supply at rate, <laughs> unprecedented rates. Yeah. <laughs> Chemically castrating men by peeing our birth control hormones into the water supply. Oh, I love that. That's some guerrilla warfare (laughs) tactics if I've ever seen them and unintentional. There you go. It's also poor diet, diabetes, things like that. There's a lot of different factors that they're thinking that might be contributing to lowering male sperm count. Whether that'll make the sperm count close to zero um, in the near future is is, uh, debatable. But also, once again, all of these discussions are taking place in Western countries. Like a lot of, there's a ton of countries, especially in the developing world, that don't have this like population collapse problem um so it's first of all the the presumption of the discussion was like very focused on specifically like we have to create more technology to make like uh uh, for the future of fertility tech but what they focused on was things like in vitro fertilization like the idea that sperm is going to be um it's going to be hard to get sperm that sperm sperm will no longer be abundant and low value like it's gonna be a premium (laughs) yeah it's gonna be rare (laughs) you gotta pay extra for the grass-fed sperm you know check out our patreon episode on that <laughs> this is like wagyu yeah. yeah and you know their sales and marketing team will do their best once they invent this to make it seem like it's for the good of humanity so the people that would be naturally viscerally repulsed by this are going to consider it's like oh that's a good idea and then the people that see it for what it is are going to be labeled as like mark um like crazy yeah, yeah. crazy conspiracy theorists like it pisses me off that they're trying to use the feminist argument in favor of artificial wounds yeah. when the actual thing that they're doing would be terrible for women That's, as a class yeah it's masquerading yeah it's a whole tactic so here here is a, a quote that was made within the discussion by venture capitalist uh, i think she's a founder of a vc called acme and her name is ike ho at A-I-K-E-H-O. And this is her exact quote, ladies and ladies and the gentlemen who are listening. We have lab-grown meats, and we're going to have lab-grown babies. Instead of humans prone with errors doing the job, you can have more reliable robots and automation, etc., to have a more standardized outcome in this whole process. So... Oh, my stomach! That makes me sick! 
that it made me sick. sick to listen to this because her argument was that like because sperm's going to be rare so we need to start developing the technology to no, develop no. babies in labs to make no. it more cost efficient and to make it less error prone and i'm like god that's some nazi shit like <laughs> it is that is that's exactly it no okay i'm glad you brought up banality of evil because um the nazis when they were talking about things like why they should send jews and disabled people to gas chambers they were actually very cold callous and logical they were just like oh look they, they would have like calculations being like oh look uh disabled people are a drain on their economy logically it just makes sense for us to put them in gas chambers kind of thing like um this is an example of how this sort of like cold calculating like this desire for like efficiency this desire for you know they they use zyklon b for example uh to gas people because it was more efficient and less error prone than other types of gases right so like if you can use that kind of like scientific kind of ultra rationalization of something that's extremely inhumane i find that extremely extremely dangerous it's terrifying it's different it's the death of humanity it's chilling yeah like i said i had a meltdown yesterday and and what i responded to the what i responded from my twitter was in the future all our babies will be grown and gestated in a lab because it's more efficient and less error prone then we'll have to pay a premium for homemade natural organic free-range kids like mom used to make i hope it's i hope there's some like satire in there yeah that was me (laughs) the discussion about that is like okay let's say we do if if they're making it more cost efficient to gestate humans this way then like how capitalism always works is that you'll be taxed for not taking the easy way right meaning companies will be like yeah why aren't you coming to work at your amazon warehouse job when you could have just put your baby in a bag right you're out here looking all pregnant <laughs> right and so you will be pressured yeah like they're gonna punish women for not doing it exactly well that's where we as a society like i mean capitalism i mean that's the purpose of government right it's to minimize harm between entities to include the market and the people so capitalism obviously can't exist in a vacuum and neither should government exist in a vacuum but i really just want to take a second to define the term right so we're talking about banality of evil which um nrn defines as um not inherently evil but merely shallow and clueless so like a joiner or somebody who just does things and doesn't really think about the humanity of it, but just pure reason. Um, By the way, Hannah Arndt wrote the banality of evil in the context of the trial of, I believe it was Eichmann. Um, Yeah, it was Eichmann who was a Nazi. Yeah. He was on trial in Jerusalem because he was the guy who was responsible for the trains and like shipping Jews to concentration camps. So he was the one who, and he, the thing that shocked her is she's like, you know, he's so boring. The way he talks about his job, it's like he's just like a nerdy engineer just being like, oh, I was just following orders. I was just planning the train schedule, that kind of thing, not realizing that, like, or not not seeming to care even. Like, he knew what the trains were doing, but he didn't seem to care that yeah. the trains, as boring as they were, were being used to slaughter millions and millions of people. Yeah. And then um, just the flippant manner and these, like, the way the VCs are also having the discussion about changing the course of human nature there was one there was only one vc who pushed back on that who was basically like i feel like all of you are being intellectually dishonest by pretending that like sperm count is the reason for women having less kids and then she pointed out uh child care is a problem like women need more child care but she's also a vc of a child care um, uh, um, like no so much there. yeah so she was kind of the only one that was talking 
you know, somewhat sense. And what, what also kind of, again, once again, which terrifies me is like they started using woke politics to justify a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, this like right side of history thing. With- Beware of capitalist elites using woke politics to advance their own interests. Yes. Watch out for that shit. So they, they started to make it seem like, okay, we're going to have to, uh, that the, the technology will have to be um, made so that it can be uh, cost efficient enough to be affordable for like black and brown mothers and they need to be included in this conversation right and then she even made the comment which honestly tipped her hand which is this is dina by the way she says dina uh, makes the comment that um i'm going long on fertility tech and i think there's a lot of money to be made here so yeah can we just take a moment and just kind of acknowledge that maybe we're heading down like so vcs have so much power in guiding our economy and our social consciousness like the fact that they're having conversations about the like the direction that humanity is going in that's what they're talking about in a public platform this is also an example of having more women in you know powerful positions isn't automatically a good thing for women as a whole because we t- we've talked about this before how power is generally self-perpetuating and you know under capitalist patriarchy men are only going to uh, accept or you know uh, elevate people who serve their interests, right? So they're going to select women and only reward women who serve the interests of the capitalist patriarchy. So yeah, they end up with a lot of these women who are saying really horrible misogynistic things, but with the female face. Yeah. Yeah. The pick the cheerleaders, yeah. The woman who made the comment about not being intellectually honest was Sarah Muscoff. She's the CEO and co-founder of Winnie. Uh, she's a f- co-founder of Winnie, which is Discover the Best Daycares, Preschools, and More. That's her startup. So, uh, yeah, so she had a, she wanted to obviously like take the discussion to childcare, which I guess she did effectively. Um, but she did kind of like take the time at least to call them out on like the, the d- intellectual dishonesty of pretending that like sperm. She's like, you, she literally says like, they have this in the tweet. We're not being intellectually honest when we talk about sperm counts and how that is the largest problem with fertility and family. You need one sperm. The technology is here, but they don't have access to basic healthcare. So that's like, yeah, because she's more pushing the healthcare, preschool, preschool choice, stuff like that um, as part of her company. And also she also said, if we're not talking about childcare, then all the discussions about fertility and pregnancy is irrelevant. But this is how, this is after there was like a big, there was a bunch of discussion from these other VC women, as well as like the tech bro, uh, Shahil, which they had him in. And he was just saying that like, oh, his entire explanation is he thought like uh, this would appeal to Elon because he thinks Elon's interested in uh, things that are new frontiers and that the, uh, the womb is the quote, ultimate frontier for tech. Uh, the callousness in which they say these stay things. away i'm so serious and he's the like well final, he was like this the final solution really, like yeah. you know where that <laughs> you know where the, the final solution by the way that's another nazi thing that's uh they thought that getting rid of jews gypsies and disabled people would be like this is the final solution that will improve society like that's what this is giving me so another another quote another hot take from this was the future of pregnancy is in the lab the only thing we need to do is ensure access why would the future of pregnancy be in a lab because because um what's her name dina said it there's a lot of money to be made there yeah god and like and this is where the power of government lies um it's not in lobbying it's on anything it's minimizing harm and therefore this situation right here is guaranteed harm because the only decent output in all of this is capital and therefore is profit and as a diehard capitalist as i am i don't think we should get in the way of humanity and basic tenets of being a decent human stay out of the womb that's nature leave it alone 
Thank you all. I appreciate you <sighs> being pro-capitalist but criticizing capitalism at the same time, though. <laughs> this is why it's important to have these conversations, because that kind of like consideration of humanity is like a traditionally conservative position. Yeah. And they are always painted as like on the wrong side of history when they're trying to do things that like protect our humanity. I mean, obviously, the abortion debate is probably the stickiest topic, but there's other there's been other debates like stem cell research. Um, yeah. Uh, things that have been porn, prostitution. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, just look at like the benefit for the average person. If it's money, that's not it. That's not a human benefit. Like, no, I draw the line there. Okay. I wanted to, I want to do an anti-capitalist critique though. Now that we got the pro-capitalist response from Ellen, <laughs> I want to do a, I want to do an anti-capitalist critique. So my problem with the artificial wombs and the whole like, oh, we need to, you know, invest in uh, fertility technology to treat the sperm count is that capitalism is very clever. It does this thing where it will create a problem and then sell you the solution to that problem. Exactly. <laughs> so the reason why we have decreasing sperm counts is because of things like microplastics, forever chemicals, and other, you know, Pissing our birth control into the water supply. <laughs> yeah. So, so the reason why the reason why fertility is getting worse and worse is largely because of environmental destruction caused by capitalism. Exactly. By the way, and so now that they've destroyed everyone's fertility, then they're going to sell the solution back to us, right? Another example, like what you fin- said earlier, Rose, the formula thing. So, um, I mean, I'm not anti-formula. I think it is necessary in some cases. Like, not all women can. Uh, create enough breast milk to feed their child. And so I do think it's important to have that as an option. But I, what I do have a problem with is when, um, you know, there's, there's this uh, anti breastfeeding sort of vibe within capitalism where it's like, oh, if you can't get back to work, you know, immediately after giving birth, uh, you know, you have to like, basically what happens is like, once you stop uh, breastfeeding, because say you're at work, for example, your body produces less milk, and it makes it so that you can't breastfeed anymore if you stop breastfeeding mm-hmm. early on and so that means you have no choice but to use formula right formula is much more expensive than breast milk and so a, a lot of women especially and you know the fucked up thing actually there I, I, i'll drop the link in this below but there was uh some cases of like ngos for example uh or giving formula to women who have just recently given birth to poor women who've just recently given birth um and then that causes the woman to not be able to create enough breast milk and then she's forced to use formula for the rest of the uh, baby's infancy, right? And that actually makes it more costly to her. Yeah. So the Nestle company, yeah. and I um, maybe we'll do an episode about the history of formula because it's. I think this is actually one of the most important things for women to know about, like why there's actually regulations about like how they can even advertise formula now because of uh, again unchecked capitalism where they um, where they literally almost like paid hospitals to take babies off the breast and feed them their their. Uh, feed them the formula and the formula was poorly made because I think when it first came out, it was, you know, it's just basically like sawdust or whatever. And these kids were like getting sick and dying. Right. So I I think that's actually an important um, topic that we should stick a pin in and revisit. There's been some other podcasts that have done um, really great um, exposés on the Nestle company in particular, like all the evil shit that happened to the point where the government had to come in and be like, yeah, you can't advertise. Like there's like really restrict the way that they could advertise uh, breast milk because it was making people making infant killing infants and making them massively sick and underdeveloped and malnourished. So, and for part of the reason that you're talking about, but then also just regular quality control things with the 
with the um, stuff itself. So. But again, the reason why so many women can't breastfeed their child is because they have to get back to work immediately after giving yeah. birth, right? This wouldn't be a problem if we had more maternity leave, for example, or paid maternity leave for women. But capitalists don't want that to be an option because they want their workers to stay cheap and available. Um, they don't want to pay for women to be able to stay home and raise their children. And so their solution is, okay, like, you know, stop breastfeeding, get back to work. Uh, here's some, you know, formula that you have to now pay more for, right? Um, which ends up undermining the whole reason why they went back to work in the first place to make money, right? Um, yeah, so th this is my biggest problem with the artificial womb thing is that they're selling us a solution to a problem that they created. They're doing research currently because of the fact that they've had a lot less, they've had a lot fewer premature babies and a lot a lot lower infant mortality since women have been staying home due to the pandemic and also quitting. And it's so noticeable that now scientists are taking note of it and are trying to do research along those lines. So there, it, it's literally this pandemic has provided a test case for what happens when women are allowed to like not be on their feet, be at home uh, and not be away from their children and the overall health of their children as well as their pregnancy. So that's absolutely a part of it. So mm -hmm. the only thing I want to add to that is, um, so you said capitalism created. So I don't think capitalism in and of itself actually makes decisions in and of itself, right? So even when you, when you think about like economic constructs like capitalism, socialism, it's the socialists and the capitalists that make these decisions. And so I'm not a laissez-faire capitalist, not at all. I am, I guess, in a way, contrary to Lilith, I'm a democratic capitalist. I think government has a <laughs> function within capitalism to keep it checked. Otherwise, the system will continue to do what it does to grow, as does every system. So I think the counterbalance to it is a conscious government and a compassionate government that's there to minimize harm. So that's the only interjection I wanted to make. It's like, we're actually not really disagreeing. I just think we come to the solutions a little bit differently. Like, this is a problem. Um, and with regard to, like, the microplastics and things like that, I, I don't think the solution is to minimize cap, um, capitalism, but really to hold capitalists accountable to society. For pollution. Yeah, yeah. and hold them accountable. It's like, hey, how is your, how are you benefiting society? And is what you're bringing, is the benefit greater than the cost? And the answer is no. It's like, well, now you have to contend with the consequences. I mean, I, I'm of the view, I'm, I'm slightly maybe more authoritarian for a socialist. I think there needs to be strict regulations against pollution. Um, a lot of the reasons why our fertility is damaged is because of pollution and it also causes other health problems as well. And so, um, yeah, like for me, the solution, at least the solution that I want would be to have stricter environmental regulations to reduce these health problems that are caused by pollution and also improved uh, maternity care and other things that will, um, or other policies that will help women be able to take care of their child rather than, and not be financially punished for it. Um, I, I disagree with that approach, but I, I see the value in it. Um, I think giving the government too much power, just like capitalists, too much power is, I think, potentially dangerous in both ways. But also, like, these are venture capitalists, right? They're looking to make money at any cost. These are probably the scariest group. They're vultures. <laughs> they are. They really are vultures. And they make, they throw away billions, if not trillions of dollars a year for something to take off. So they're willing to invest in anything. All they see is bottom line output. Like they're not thinking about society. So these are honestly like the scary, the re like the, the cesspool of capitalism, in my opinion. It was, it's terrifying. So basically after the space was recorded, I, I didn't uh, have an opportunity to, to attend the space live. I watched the recording and then I wrote in a tweet, um, 
under Dina Shakir and also uh, another person who was making very similar ar- arguments in the space called Dina Radinkovic. Um, and I m- made a comment. I said, this space managed to be all the worst parts of corporate girl boss feminism in 60 minutes. And in response, Dina posts a gift where she calls, calls me a bitch and says declined and blocked. So both Dina and Dina D E N A Shakir and Dina D I N A Radinkovic, uh, blocked the female dating strategy Twitter account. <laughs> Double Dina, Double Dina. <laughs> and called us a bitch because we brought up the fact because we kept retweeting the tweets that they were putting out and making comments like this is actually insane for all the reasons we've now listed during the course of this discussion. And rather than respond to those points, they've decided to just call us bitches and block us, which I'm like, this is a grown adult woman who's ostensibly somebody's boss. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. She's a leader of an organization. It's very immature response. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I wanted to talk about a tweet that I saw from one of my mutuals, Lexi on Twitter. Um, because that also terrified me if we, it, because, you know, I think this episode hasn't been terrifying enough. I think we need to make it more terrifying. <laughs> more dystopian. I love it. Um, so this, so the artificial wombs is one thing, but there's other things that are other trends that I'm starting to see like AI girlfriends, um, or, you know, men trying to make like sex robots or, uh, even a uh, child sex I hate the word child sex. Sorry. Child rape robots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. The pedophile dolls. And uh, our good friend, um, Caitlin Roper has been writing extensively on this and the problems with it. So shout her. Shout um, out. So my, the, my mutual t- uh, Lexi, I'll, I'll link her tweet in the show notes um, or tweet thread. Cause it's a thread, but she's, she writes once men make their AI girlfriends and synthetic wombs, what do you think people, what do you think they will do to human women as a class of people? They hate us and never saw us as human or valuable members of society, which is why they are so eager to make AI servants and synthetic wombs. Mm-hmm. Once they don't need women anymore as their servants and baby makers, do you think they will even tolerate us anymore? That's all that made them tolerate our existence. Once they don't need us for that anymore, what reason will they have to tolerate us living among them? How do we know this won't end in them trying to genocide human women and phase us out? Like I said, soon they will have no reason to tolerate our existence. They don't want us in the workforce. They wanted us at home as their free maids and nannies and baby makers. Once they have their sexy androids for all that, they'll completely phase us out of society because they have no reason to tolerate us in the workforce or at home. They don't think we bring any value to any field of work. They don't see us as anything but their maids in their walking womb. So again, when we aren't needed for that by them, then what will they do to us? If we can't work and can't be in the home, what will they do to us? If we let them continue to control the flow of society and the world technology and, you know, go on. Um, yeah, but basically she, and yeah. So uh, the tweet thread basically ends there. And um, yeah, I'm terrified. She's got a good point. Like <laughs> the re- the reason why this is actually not far fetched is because if you've, if you frequent enough in the manosphere stuff, like we do because of FDS, they explicitly are gunning for this technology to explicitly phase out women they they have been saying that since the beginning for years yeah shamelessly shamelessly this isn't fa- this isn't like far-fetched they've been saying this for like at least 10 years now that like women are uh, going to be obsolete they're going to you know have sex robots they're going to have ai servants they're going to have this i don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, ex machina uh-huh. um how basically you know these guys this guy makes these like female looking robots and then abuses them um yeah, I think that's fucked up. 
it's not far fetched. That's probably what they're going to do. I mean, there's a reason why every single uh, movie about technology in the future that includes AI ends up with the AI uprising against us and killing us all because <laughs> men know yeah. what they're like. They're going to abuse the shit out of these anthropomorphic objects. And in fact, really disgusting story, not safe for work, uh, trigger warning. There was like an, uh, an AI sex bot that was put on display and I can't remember the country, but they literally like raped and destroyed that thing in like an hour. Yeah, no, that that's actually so true. They they put a sex robot on display at a tech forum and it was left heavily soiled and needed to be sent for repairs because of how much how much they abuse that thing yeah so when are honestly i i think it's very very feasible that uh yeah men are either gonna like phase out women genocide all women and then once it's just men left and they're just abusing their ai servants the ai servants are gonna like rise up against them hopefully and then that's how we that will be the ending of humanity great i mean if you've seen westworld westworld is like a mind fuck westworld like you root for you kind of root for the robots <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen Westworld. What's the? Oh but... gosh, oh it's it's wonderful. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's very complicated, but it's 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 basically it's a future where they create a park where they have AI robots and they're pretty indistinguishable from humans as far as like they're the best robots that you could possibly think of that you can't tell they're robots at all and then it's a place where rich people go as an amusement park and they can do whatever they want they can murder the robots they can have sex with these robots etc the and then the premise of it um spoiler alert i think is that uh the robots were built by their creator to achieve a level of consciousness and once they create some consciousness they uh start a robot uprising because they achieve human, yeah. yeah. But but a lot of it is centered around like feminist empowerment narratives because of like the female robots get raped so much. And what they would do is they would um, try to erase their memories and then like hose them down. And then they figured out a way to start remembering what was happening to them. And of course, were horrified, right? Because they were getting raped on a nightly basis, yeah. like by sociopaths. So they started remembering the violence. And so that's by that's essentially people like these fucking VC venture cap, like these fucking venture capitalist vultures. It's the parallels are eerie. Damn, I want to watch the show now. You have to. It's actually really, really good. And I would, I think that would be great to dissect here on FDS because it's actually an amazing show and has a lot mm-hmm. of um, uh, statements about humanity and the nature of FPS. FPS, I think, is right or FDS. Both. Who knows? We'll do it. Why not? Both. Why not? Do part one, part two. Crossover that we were meant to have. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah? What is the strategy? I don't know. It's like it's such a huge Goliath of a problem that you know. I don't even know where to begin. I think I have a strategy mm-hmm. for this. I think um, when technology sounds like it's intervening on human affairs, and it just you know they're going to have magic, like magical, very attractive marketing around this. Just think twice. It's like, what is this going to do, and how is this intervening on humanity, and is the benefit? does that outweigh the cost of literally removing the human mother from the birthing process? Like think about the reality of what's at the core here. I guess that's always my thing is like I'm a pragmatic truthist in that sense. I think you regulate the distribution of the product and vastly limit the ability for people to have the product. If we were to make something like, because even now with things like in vitro fertilization, there's a, there's a, there's a decent amount of rules around, um, how they can dispose of the embryos, et cetera. And so that's one of those times where I guess, thank you to conservatives too, um, for putting You're some <laughs> um, regulation around that or pushing for it. Right. So 
putting, putting the, the precedence there that you have to regulate this tech. So even if we do have artificial wombs per se, I there was like a there's a short film about them putting basically like this baby pod in the living room. That should never happen. It should only be distributed by licensed professionals, owned by licensed professionals, mm-hmm. um, and it can be like something that is uh, helped to gestate existing human beings, <laughs> uh, meaning mm-hmm. premature infants, something like that. Any, anything that's um, just having a difficulty. Or like early term intervention, yeah. enable early term intervention. Um, not allowing people to, per- like the other thing is making it illegal to purchase eggs and sperm. You don't want to create a market out of human products, much like we don't allow people to purchase human kidneys and you know hearts mm-hmm. and stuff like that because of the fact that that exacerbates the black market. We have to get rid of like the the um, the market and economy that's coming out from reproductive care, like donation only out of that person's free mm-hmm. will because that limits the amount of uh, poor people that are pressured in it because they're literally broke, right? And also uh, a lot of countries have, for that reason, banned surrogacy because especially I think India did, Mexico did because of rich people going to their countries and then trying to get surrogates there for cheap and then abandoning kids if, you know, if they come out disabled, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's actually pretty much a horror show to the point where they banned the practice. We have to have strict regulations on fertility tech, limit the amount of people who have access to it, make it cost prohibitively expensive for most people. I feel like it actually should stay very expensive <laughs> for most people. Um, in addition to, um, absolutely, uh, making it illegal to use, um, a human sell, sell any type of human tissue. Mm-hmm. The other thing, like you said, um, it should only be licensed professionals who can grow babies in bags. This isn't like, this shouldn't be like 3d printing technology where anyone can have one. Um, yeah, again, because I'm afraid of like pedophiles growing an army of children that they can sexually abuse. That shit terrifies me. Um, yeah. So and there needs to be some kind of system of like keeping track of these kids because th- like they shouldn't be, it shouldn't be allowed to just like have kids like off the grid and like, you don't have any way of like knowing where they are. And like, I'm just, yeah, I'm concerned about the human trafficking aspect of it. I mean, and that's, that's what happened in, in these countries that had surrogacy is that they had baby farms essentially. And these women were having children and then the parents wouldn't come pick it up. It's, it's sad. Mm, it's yeah. really dis- like disturbing. It's sick. We need God. We just let's just invite God back <laughs> into conversation. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're God, we're godless society. <laughs> the thing is, though, I am all, I, I'm atheist. I'm a godless heathen. I think that uh, you can you don't need religion to have morality. Yeah, and I think that the social, yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's that's a whole other conversation yeah, yeah, that we should okay. have another time. But but basically, um, I actually my strategy is I actually think that we need to reject a lot of this high tech shit, and I think we need to go in the opposite direction of becoming you know closer to nature. I've I'm already going in that direction. Like I I bought a piece of land in the mountains. I just want to like grow apples and like feed chickens and like just live off the land kind of shit. That's my ultimate dream. I do not want this metaverse shit. I think like we need to encourage as many people to just categorically reject metaverse crypto uh all this other you know you know what's sad lilith is that like the po- people in poor countries get to live like that. <laughs> people in poor countries get to live like that for free <laughs> they get to live off the land natural organic <laughs> we're paying money to this is why i'm so concerned about this they will make it so you have to pay extra money to get the natural shit that comes out of your body and grows out of the ground. 
Yeah, the, that, that's actually a good point, because, yeah, the, I mean, it is pretty cost prohibitive to buy land uh, in the province where I am, so that was a challenge, finding a piece of affordable land. But, yeah, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, no, I, 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 it, here's the funny thing is there's already a lot of people yeah. who are going back to, you know, quitting their corporate jobs and buying some land and doing a homestead mm-hmm. and Corp that kind of stuff. That. There's already that kind of movement. I don't know, look into, you know, permaculture, uh, you know, the homesteading and all that. that that's uh, a thing that's on the rise. And I think that as, as technology becomes increasingly dystopian and terrifying, I think more and more people are going to be going that route. They're commodifying nature. That's weird. Let's draw the line there. Building me a tiny home off the grid and having free range, organic homemade babies. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, please check us out at female political on Twitter, as well as our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash female political strategy. See you next week. Mm-hmm.